You're listening to the Getting Swamped Podcast. Your number one podcast for Florida Gator football. Scared money don't make money. All right, folks, joining me from 24-7 Sports, Blake Alderman and Blake, you guys just had a rankings update today for 24-7 Sports as well. A couple of uh, players for Florida getting a bump there. And, uh, you know, it's been a pretty eventful uh, just conundrum in the transfer portal right now. I mean, you know, you got kids leaving and a ton of kids coming in, 10 transfer portal guys right now. But I really want to start with probably the the biggest part of the transfer portal additions for the University of Florida, and that's offensive line. You know, Florida adds Keontae Goodwin just yesterday, six foot eight, three hundred fifty one pounds, ranked thirty eighth nationally in the twenty twenty two class, number one offensive tackle in Indiana. Transfers from Kentucky there, uh, Damian George, Alabama transfer, six foot seven, three forty. Micah Mazuka, I call him Micah Mazuka, the Bazooka. He's the most experienced guy here from Baylor, six foot five, three forty. Had real good production over there. Uh, these guys, these three guys are studs, man. Here, Blake, do you think these guys can come in and be instant impact players, and maybe even see more of an improvement of the offensive line than you did last year? You know, I, I think so. You know, I think maybe Goodwin is the one that you know he's coming in as a freshman. You know, granted. The intangibles are there, you know, the size, that athleticism. If you watch a lot of his clips, you know, I mean, this is a guy that, you know, he moves well, but he's a freshman, you know, or, or coming off of a freshman year. So there's going to be some development. He's obviously got to clean up some bad weight that he's accumulated whenever he was there at Kentucky. So I, whereas I do think he's a guy that does see, you know, gets in the rotation, can be a guy that can make an impact. You know, Damian George, Micah Mazuka, you know, those are guys that are coming in with lots of experience. Um, or, you know, Mazuka more so than Damian George, but they have college experience, you know, more so than, you know, than a Keontae Goodwin. So I, I do think that, you know, uh, you know, George and Mazuka are guys that step right in there. Um, I, I don't know if you, I think you could probably more so pencil Mazuka in as a starting guy for them, you know, a guy that, you know, can come in and replace uh, Osiris Torrance right there, that uh, offensive guard position. You know, I think with Florida and the, and the fact that they're limited with their depth at the offensive tackle position, I think that that, does put it to where I could see Damian George come in there and get some play at that right tackle. Um, it's a good problem or a better problem, I guess you should say, because they do still need some depth, you know, to fill there at the offensive line. I don't think that there's any offensive lineman, especially a tackle that wanted to come to Florida. I don't think you turn any of those guys away, you know? So if they think that there's someone that they can come in and get some, you know, get some push out of, um, but you're in a much better position for the fact that you have guys that you can tinker around on your offensive line. You know, it's not such a big need anymore um, compared to where it was before the transfer portal. You already lost, you know, Ethan White. You know, you lose uh, Richard Garage, the NFL draft, Osiris Torrance, the NFL draft. Um, you know, Michael Tarquin, Ethan White, like I mentioned there at the, you know, the transfer portal. So they've got guys to where you now you've got them all there in the spring. You can tinker around and find your best five, um, you know, going forward, the, you know, the guys that you really want to make your run with, you know, when the, the fall season starts up. And I think even so, you could probably find some of these guys that, you know, who's your sixth offensive lineman, kind of your swing guy, kind of the Austin Barber of last year's, uh, you know, offensive line. I think that that is in a much better space now for Florida, that offensive line position. And, you know, I really like these additions. You know, I, uh, I tweeted the other day that I think these guys are like the Monstars from uh, from Space Jam, from the Space Jam movie. I mean, you look at these guys, even, you know, people that they recruited from the high school class. I mean, these are big dudes. Like, they just want to have what you would expect from an SEC offensive line class. You, they, it's the type of team that you would expect for a team that, A, like in the SEC, like I said, and B, a team that wants to be very physical in the run game. So I, I really like those guys that they added up front. 
Yeah, me too. And uh, with Cameron Waits going out there with his ACL injury there, an unfortunate, unfortunate hap, mishap there for the uh, University of Florida, you know, but still, even with Cameron Waits, even added into this, and, and I'll give credit <clears throat> to Zach Goodon, I think um, Jacob Rudner had mentioned it on y'all's podcast too, the size coming in. Six foot eight, 373, six foot eight, 370, six foot eight, 351, six foot eight, 325, six foot six, 339. Six foot five, three thirty six, and six foot five, two ninety five. <laughs> so large yeah, humans, large guys indeed, and uh, way better than uh, Coach Hevesy used to recruit there. So uh, it'll definitely have some improvement, at least from two years ago. Uh, but we'll see with Osiris Torrance leaving if uh, Florida can get some uh, some of the same production they got last year. So let's move on, man. Linebacker Ronald Nunnery from Houston, a National Special Teams Player of the Year award that he he had led the nation and block punts and some other uh, special mm-hmm. team statistical categories, uh, you know, brings good, you know, a lot of really good experience there. Tar- Taraja Mitchell, uh, Ohio State former top 40 recruit there in the 2018 class, number two inside linebacker there, uh, getting some good leadership out of him, some kind of some experience. He didn't, he had most of his playing time in 2021, battled some injuries there at Ohio State. And then you got Deuce Spurlock from Michigan, uh, Madison, Alabama, six foot two, 200 pounds plus, just adding some depth there at the linebacker position. Uh, not many snaps there at Michigan, though. Um, probably going to be one of those guys that's, you know, you, you, you need bodies at that linebacker position because it's been very short there and we've been thin there getting these three three guys obviously increases the depth uh you know you don't want to trot Jaden robinson out there against utah in game one there uh which one of these linebackers has the biggest upside to you man and do you expect a better overall linebacker play with the departure of ventral miller there you know i think the biggest upside you have to go do spurlock you've got a guy that's a freshman you know he's not Compared to, you know, the Tarada Mitchells and the Manny Nunneries, you know, those guys are coming in, you know, they're Band-Aid guys. You know, they're, they're someone that you want to bridge the gap, you know, not to take away from their own special skills and what they can do on the field. But those are guys that you want to bring in some experience, you know, first and foremost, someone that, you know, you like you said, you don't want to trot out a Jaden Robinson out there, you know, game one against Utah because Florida did have some depth issues there at the linebacker position. So I, I think Deuce Spurlock probably has the most upside because he's going to be a guy that's going to be able to be developed through the program. He's going to be able to continue to be coached up. He's not someone that you're going to have as, as a rental, basically. Right. Um, so I, I would give him the upside. You know, Mitchell um, is coming in as a highly regarded recruit. You know, again, like you mentioned, you know, didn't get the, the playing time in 2022. But I think he does translate a lot of ways into what Ventrell Miller does. You know, I think that, you know, he's very physical in the run game. You know, I think he's probably somewhat limited in the in the passing coverage game. So I do think there are a lot of comparable parts to Ventrell Miller. You know, Ventrell was the heart and soul of the defense. You know, he was a leader in his own right. Um, so I think that there are some similarities even in that aspect with Mitchell. So, um, you know, Manny Nunnery, he kind of reminds me of maybe a little bit of an Amari Bernie type guy. You know, he's, yeah. you know, again, physical in the run game. Um, Amari Bernie was a, was a wide receiver and I think he even played some safety in high school, if I remember correctly. So he was a guy that was athletic. So when you've got a guy like Manning Nunnery, who's getting that, you know, that pressure to, you know, block punts and all these types of things, you've got a guy that can move, you know, he's the guy that can play in space. So I kind of see those guys as, as similar to, you know, what Florida is losing from the NFL draft and from graduation. So, um, you know, I, I think overall in general, um, I would expect the linebacker room to improve. And I say that because you're, your floor is being raised from last season. You know, you've got Derek Wingo who got some run last year near the end of the season. Shamar James really came on strong there as, as a true freshman at, for Florida. Um, you know, Scooby Williams is a guy that also got more burn there as the season went on. So the guys that last season 
they're still carrying over a little bit of an inexperience to this coming up season, but they have more than what they previously did. So I think all you you did a good job replacing or with maybe equal guys of what you lost from last season, but your floor of that class, that linebacker room has been raised to just from the fact these guys are getting that burn. They also really love Jaden Robinson. I think he could be a guy that, you know, would I be shocked if he got some play at linebacker? I think he could be a guy that probably gets in there as a depth piece, you know, maybe gets, you know, into the rotation as the season goes along, because that's a hard position to just toss a guy out there week one, week two, week three, that, you know, even if they are an early enrollee. So I think he probably gets more of his play on special teams, you know, so I really like the way the linebacker room shaping up. And I say that because maybe two, let's, let's call back to whenever Billy Napier got there at Florida, the linebacker room were guys that were kind of like, are they bucks? Are they edge guys? Are they linebackers? But now you're adding a little bit more of that size. So I really like that, that what they wanted in that linebacker position. You want guys that have the size, but also can move. And whereas I don't know that Mitchell is a guy that really moves as well as what they would like. He's got that size right there, that Mike linebacker position. He's a thumper and he's going to be able to control that A and B gap. Yeah, enough of the tweeners, man. <laughs> those, yeah, exactly. I want, I want some guys with some size. And, uh, you know, I mean, you look at Mari Bernie, too. He wasn't the best linebacker, but, you know, when, when Billy Napier and staff came into town, he got better and, and improved yeah. his t- turnover margin as well. So it's, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there at that linebacker position because, I mean, as I said, you, you've got potential there with a couple of those guys. And uh, hopefully, man, we can get a little bit better linebacker, more run stopping as well, and hopefully help out the struggling defense but it's going to be a completely different team with all those departures so uh very curious to see how linebacker shapes up there and we're going to move on to the defensive line here in the transfer portal cameron jackson you know had some good production over there at memphis uh we'll bring experience size there to the defensive line caleb banks defensive lineman from louisville six foot six 255 not much experience but yet another big body to put out there on there on the defensive line and with Dexter gone and uh, some of the guys that Florida's brought in and, and they're going to bring in in this class, like Kelby Collins, who won MVP for Team Speed, uh, where do you see this defensive line trending for the 2023 season with all the defensive line guys they actually did bring in from the high school, too? You know, I think it can only get better. You know, I think last year, I, I don't know that you can really beat up so much on the defensive line, class, you know, what they put out there. Did they get beat up in the run game and did that start to have a trickle effect to other parts of the defense? Absolutely. But there were depth issues, you know, and you could date back to, you know, Sal Sanceri being at Florida as an assistant coach and leaning like what one guy, I think on the defensive tackle position over X amount of years. And he was there. And, um, you know, David Turner also got, you know, he did a better job than what Sinceri did. I guess what I'm saying is that there was just a continuous flow of these coaches that didn't get enough guys on that interior defensive line, those guys that what you needed there at defensive tackle. That's something that Billy Napier and, and his and his coaching staff inherited. And, I, you know, I think that that's something where you obviously you see um, what they put on there on the high school class. You know, I think that a lot of those guys, you know, maybe not so much of a Will Norman or a Kelby Collins, who I think are guys – that I think Will Norman is your true defensive tackle from the high school class. I think Kelby Collins is one that you can move between defensive end and defensive tackle. You've got a guy that is more versatile, whereas I think some of these other guys look more like defensive end, five technique types of guys, you know, the Cameron James that's really long and athletic. Um, So I think that, you know, from what they did in the high school ranks before the, you know, portal season really heated up, the defensive class overall is fantastic, you know, from the high school ranks. 
But I did think that, you know, man, like they needed a John Walker type guy that eventually stuck with UCF. They needed another one of those or two of those true defensive tackle type guys. And so, I, you know, they hit the ground running there with the, with the transfer portal. Caleb Banks, you mentioned from Louisville. Um, you know, he's a guy that's over 300 pounds, you know, from the, from the point of his weight that's listed on his 24-7 profile. That's his high school rank or his high school height weight. He's well over 300 pounds. I think he was 310, something like that, when he took an official visit to Florida there in, in December. So he's already got the size. Doesn't maybe have the snaps of what you would like from a guy that in the predicament that Florida's in where, you know, these portal guys like, man, if you haven't had enough snaps in your last spot, you better be ready because you're going to get yeah. them here because it's a necessary, it's a necessary thing that they have. So I really like, uh, you know, uh, Cameron, ja- or Cameron Jackson. Um, I really think he's one of my favorite guys that they added through the portal um, because you've got another guy that's over 300 pounds. Who's again, a true defensive tackle guy. Um, watching the uh, bowl game that Memphis played in, I thought he, he had a sack in that game. I thought he would create a lot of pressure. So I think what it is now for Florida is you've got some of these guys that have some experience, even if it's limited, um, that can fill into that defensive tackle position. What Florida's already got, you know, uh, all those guys that they had on the roster last year got some burn. A lot of younger guys that you know can kind of be brought up to speed with these older guys. I, I think the room in general is much better because you're not having to rely on, you know. Who's going to be the guy that steps up next to Javon Dexter, who ate a lot of double and triple teams last year, and you saw his production drip. So I think that now you've got more of a, of a spread attack there on that defensive line where you've got different guys that can do different things. Um, edge is one position where I'm a little you know, cautious because you know, you've got some guys there, um, but you also lost a lot of guys. You know? So I think that's a position where if they wanted to address in the transfer portal – um, you know, going forward for, you know, summer enrollment or whenever that second window opens up there after spring football, I think that's a spot where you probably should look at if I, if I had to make the call, which I don't. So, you know, maybe I'm just talking to myself here on that. But <laughs> I think overall, they're in a much better spot on defensive line just from depth. They're going to be young in some spots, you know, from, from having to rotate guys in, you know, granted, that's kind of the same position they were in last year. Um, so I, I think the depth in general is going to help a lot of these guys not be so gassed. You know, I think that's another thing even too to circle back to Javon Dexter. I think he just played so many snaps that the guy was like literally dog tired at the end of games you know, where you could see that production dip. So, you know, I think in general, I really like Cameron Jackson. I really like what he brings there. I think he had his best season he put together in college from coming off of that from Memphis this past season. So you're going to want to have a guy that's going to hit the ground running. It's good that these guys are there for spring football. They really are high on Caleb Banks as well. They really think that he's a guy that has an extremely high ceiling. Um, so, you know, we'll see how this, this plays out. But these guys are absolutely going to be tested early. Yeah, absolutely. With everybody leaving, and especially I, I like the production they brought in from high school, but obviously those are young kids. You don't want to roll them out sure. there for their first snaps or anything like that. So it's really good that they were able to bring in a couple of defensive linemen there through the transfer portal. And as you said, you know, wait till spring, uh, the spring portal period, and maybe we can add somebody or even even a quarterback, which will go next. Graham Mertz comes in here, the transfer portal quarterback. And I put some <coughs> stats there on Graham Mertz. He's had five. 1,394 passing yards for his career, but his touchdown-interception ratio, 38 touchdowns to 26 interceptions. Uh, but 42 total drops from receivers. Uh, you know, his, his completion rating wasn't that great, but I like what PFF does here, and they adjust the completion percentage based on drops. If the uh, wide receiver, you know, drops the football and is within catching range, uh, you adjust that to 69.2. So he's thrown passes somewhat on time, but also his offensive line at Wisconsin wasn't really that good. He's been sacked 47 times in his career. He's been pressured a lot more. 
His average time to throw is pretty good. I like it 2.73. He's won MVP at his Under Armour All-American game in 2019. Uh, Had a record, actually. I think he went 714, 180-something, 188, I think, and five touchdowns. So uh, Florida getting a talented quarterback, but, you know, you go and look at the Wisconsin film, and you'll see the good parts, but then you'll see the bad parts. And I think that's a little bit of a testament of his offensive line. You know, his offensive line didn't really give him any kind of leeway to do that. Luckily, Florida's recruited pretty well at offensive line. Can Florida get some production out of Graham Mertz coming into this with a new team, you know, new offensive linemen, better pieces around him, and do you think Florida eventually can find their starting quarterback come spring? Even though I do think that they might pick up another quarterback in that spring portal, but we'll see. You know, I think that Graham Mertz, you know, the thing that stuck out to me the most when they took that, that, you know, through him through the portal was he just didn't really seem like a Billy Napier type of quarterback. You know, he doesn't really fit yeah. the bill of what they wanted, a guy that is more mobile, you know, can do things with his legs. But, you know, Florida obviously has done a really good job with offensive line recruiting. You know, they've got some of these big guys and, you know, even look at what they did last year with the, with the class they had there. They were one of the best lines in the SEC and, you know, overall in the country. So I think that, you know, it's hard with some of these transfer portal guys because, you know, you know, sometimes a chain of a change of scenery could do a lot of wonders for guys. You know, he's coming in with some experience there. Um, I think you should probably go ahead and pencil him in as the starter, barring any, you know, craziness that happens in the portal going forward. You know, I just, and I say that because, You've seen what Jack Miller did in the bowl game. You know, I, I don't think that he was really a guy that he, – he looks like a backup quarterback. You know, he the offense looked out of whack with him. So, I think that that puts a lot of pressure on Mertz to get in there in the spring, be in the film room, um, you know, really try to soak up everything that he can um, when spring football rolls around. And I've heard from a lot of people that, you know, he's been throwing a lot with the receivers. You know, he spent a lot of time in the film room trying to soak things up, um, knows that he's had a problem with turning the ball over. And, and I think that that – in a weird way, it can be a little bit of a lesson learned, you know, because, you know, if you throw, if you do enough bad things or things that, you know, that, that hurt a team and you do them enough, you learn from those mistakes. And, you know, if you're Florida, you're kind of crossing your fingers and you're hoping that that translates, you know, with better offensive line play, um, with some guys that have some speed there at the wide receiver position. Because, you know, when I think Wisconsin, you know, and I haven't even looked at the roster say that, but I don't think wide receivers, you know, big time wide receivers when I think about Wisconsin. I think of, you know, your traditional Big Ten, run, 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 dive, 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 you know, all those types of plays. So I'm interested to see because Florida likes to take those vertical shots. You know, they've got Ricky Pearsall back who can, you know, obviously blow the top off the off the defense. Um, they've got, you know, some other guys that are good at working the field that, you know, really stepped up last season. I think Marcus Burke had some big plays last season. Caleb uh, Douglas was another guy that played really well as a freshman. Um, and even Jaquavion Frazier's had that, you know, amazing catch there in the A&M game. So, He's got some younger wide receivers, um, so I'm interested to see how those guys all gel together. So it's good to hear that Mertz is throwing with them, get that timing down. Um, Florida's offensive line improves. You know, I think with Mertz, you know, I I simply just want to kind of see how the spring goes, what we hear from spring practices when things start to be a little bit more live, you know, in the spring game when it's more of a game-like atmosphere because – it's it's so hard to see how these guys are, could you know flip a switch with a change of scenery, change of coaching, change of scheme, these types of things. So I'm interested to see that. But one of the things that did stick out to me, like I said, when they took Mertz, was he just didn't seem like a guy that fits into what Billy Napier has traditionally wanted to do on offense. So I'm interested to see if there's any hang up there, if he can't, you know, if they're if they're playing handcuffed, I guess to say, in certain aspects of what Billy would want to do on offense, because you don't have a guy that's known for running. So I'm really interested to see. That's probably one of the biggest things for spring football that I'm interested to see is how a guy like Graham Mertz fits into maybe you know a, a circle peg in a square hole, so to say. So I'm interested to see how that works out in the spring for them. 
Yeah, Graham Mertz may have not been the most uh, prolific quarterback there in that transfer portal. And I know Florida went after a couple of guys, but I think one couldn't qualify. The other one had some health issues that couldn't get him into Florida, if I'm not correct. So, uh, I mean, got to go after the next guy, Graham Mertz. He comes in here, hopefully, you know, predicting as the starting quarterback. But we'll see what happens in the spring if they do pick up another quarterback. But uh, I, I would assume, as you said, Graham Mertz being the starting quarterback until otherwise. Uh, sure. We talked about one Cameron. So we're going to go talk about another Cameron, Cameron Carroll from Tulane running back. Uh, Florida recruits him from the transfer portal, six foot, 230 pounds, actually runs a four, four. I did not know that average 5.2 yards per attempt for his career at Tulane, 1,637 yards, 19 total touchdowns, 917 total snaps has around a 70 grade on PFF. Not too bad, you know, not, not great, but not too bad either. Uh, you know, with Montreal Johnson, Trevor Etienne, Trayon Webb coming in here as a freshman, you know, three scholarship players now enters Cameron Carroll. Uh, what do you think about Cameron Carroll right now? And do you think he could get into the rotation here at running back? No, I think, I think he could get in the rotation. You know, I think ideally Florida wants to keep three running backs, three fresh legs, um, you know, at the disposal for them, you know, and um, I think that in general, Florida had, they wanted to keep that three back rotation. You know, I, I don't think anybody ideally wants to throw, you know, a true freshman out there unless you really have to kind of spring that, you know, what a, you know, Trevor ETN did last year for Florida in spring football. He really turned a lot of heads there really, you know, just, you could see, you know, he was there from the, you know, game one already getting that kind of burn. Um, you know, I think in general, whenever you have a running back room like what Florida did, you know, you have Montreal Johnson, you have ETN. I think it was a hard sell in the transfer portal for them to try to recruit some of these running backs in the portal because, you know, what if you're leaving a school, you know, somewhere and you want to go somewhere else, you have to either just really want to go to Florida, you know, to try to walk into a room like that to where you're probably coming in as like RB3, you know? So I think that that was something that they struggled to, to pitch on guys in the transfer portal. And, you know, granted, there's plenty of positives here. Billy Napier rotates his backs. He's a guy that, you know, is a, is a committee running back guy, doesn't want to get a lot of tread on these tires. So, you know, you can have that, you know, extra burn for the NFL, you know, you know, kind of life after, you know, college for them. So um, I think in all things considered, if for Florida to get a guy that was in a thousand over a thousand yard rusher coming in with some experience has some size on his own right you know I think Florida did a really good job of adding a guy at that running back position because again it's just a really hard sell you know if you go out there and try to recruit stud after stud from the transfer portal and you're like hey man do you want to come rotate and take shares with two other running backs no no thanks coach I'm going to go somewhere else where I can be the guy I think that's a hard sell in the NCAA transfer portal so considering what the production he had at Tulane um, in just the years that he has, you know, again, Florida's already got one running back in 2024 class committed and they're trying to get another. So they're already trying to kind of get the younger guys in there to, you know, kind of catch up and bridge that gap of having some, you know, Trevor Etienne, who's young in his own right, Montreal Johnson, who's young in his own right. But you've got a guy that isn't going to clog up your depth chart in Cam Carroll. So you've got a guy that's got maybe one, two years, depending on how that medical red shirt works for him because he did miss this past season. So either way, you've got a guy that, can help you now and help you get those carries and share carries with your other guys so you don't burn them out. But you've also kind of have to keep in your rear view the fact that you've got, you know, Trayon Webb, who's there as a true freshman this coming season. And you're going to try to take two running backs in 2024. So I really like the addition of Cam Carroll. You know, I don't know that he's going to come in and be asked to be the guy for Florida, which is good because they don't really – have a guy in their running back room. They've got a bunch of quality players that share the share the load. And, you know, if Montreal Johnson has one good game, Trevor may be right there with him. Trevor next game has the game. Like there's just no 
true RB1 guy. You know, there may be your personal favorite in that running back room, but the way they divvy up those carries, I think that's going to take a lot of that pressure off of Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne this coming season because they've got another set of legs. And even if they wanted to throw Trayon Webb into the mix, they've got a fourth guy there too. So I think that's good for Florida. You see how they want to run the ball. You know, and if Graham Mertz comes in and he's just – he struggles with turning the ball over still, still throwing the interceptions, not really getting things going. They still have a stable of running backs, so that's something that's good for them because, again, they like to run the ball. Yeah, and if you know why last year he rotated Naquan Wright, Montreal Johnson, and Trevor Etienne right off the bat. Sure. And, and as you said, he's not afraid to play freshman either. I mean, you saw nope. Trevor Etienne come in there <clears> and, and probably be one of the best backs out of the whole bunch along with Montreal Johnson. So it'll yeah, it'll be interesting to see, and especially you never even know with special teams either. You know, towards the end of the year, uh, Billy Napier was using Trevor Etienne back there returning kicks and punts too, so maybe, maybe he gets a shot at that as well. So we don't know here. Um... But overall, man, uh, your thoughts, uh, portal additions, high school, this whole class, uh, you know, we did miss on some key elite targets, of course, NIL, it, it's it's running rampant, everybody's spending to get kids, and I don't care what anybody says, it seems like pay for play more than it does really NIL, but uh, your your thoughts just overall on the, on the whole class itself. You know, I think they have a really deep class in a lot of positions that they wanted to hit. You know, defensive back from the high school ranks, offensive line, and even mixing in the guys from high school to the portal. You know, I think that they, you know, I've been harping on these guys that you need to get some tackles, 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 tackles. And they finally went out and did that. And they got some guys that really have the experience already at the offensive tackle position, maybe more so of like what you would expect, you know, Keontae Goodwin to be in the future um, so I think that you know you're you're already landed a guy that was a five-star player so you know if you wanted to do that you know that that's that was a good addition for them but as a you know one of the later additions to the portal but um, you know running back you know they've got two guys there now you know quarterback I think that you know that's an area where you know it is what it is at this point they thought they had Jade Rashada coming in that didn't work out so we'll see how things go for as far as portal do they find a high school guy you know at this point you know like it's it's something that i'm not really too sure what happens here going forward so that's something that you know i've been kind of trying to tap in and see what's going on but i think from top to bottom you know you could see the areas where they wanted to improve whether it be high school ranks whether it be portal ranks you know offensive line defensive line linebacker wide receiver you know and i think that you know even defensive back you know i think that they checked off a lot of those boxes of trying to get those areas to where they felt like the roster needed the help so i think from top to bottom even if you count in the transfer portal class and combine that together with the high school class you know i think it's just a really balanced class so i, I would probably give these guys a b from their ranking there um you know again a quarterback is, is still a little bit of a scary room for them going forward um, you know, you've got a guy like DJ Lagway in the future. So you're kind of waiting, you know, like, man, hurry up, hurry up. So there's, there's a lot of things to look forward to. And if, I mean, if they continue to have a good 2024 class, you know, they're already having these junior days every weekend. So, you know, they're, they're going to already hit the ground running and looking at that for 2024. So continue to recruit this roster, you know, continue to flip things over through the transfer portal, through high school rankings. And that's going to be the, you know, that's going to be the way of it. You know, they just have to a long rebuild there coming forward. You know, I think that the transfer portal in general, helps expedite, you know, that roster flip that you want to do. Um, I think they've still got a lot of areas where they need to improve things going forward. Safety, I think, is an area they could look forward to at, at the transfer portal going forward. Someone that could maybe balance between playing safety and nickel. Edge, like I mentioned earlier, you know, a quarterback, if one shakes out, fantastic. I think that line – or excuse me, not linebacker. Um, wide receiver is an area that they should at least – 
do their due diligence in the portal. You know, I think that in general, they're happy with the room they have, but if you have a stud that pops in there, in the NCAA transfer portal there, you know, post spring, kind of like when Ricky Pearsall was in there, yeah. I think that you should get him. You know, I think that if you can get another guy, you know, in there and try to help rotate in there and keep these guys fresh, those are just some of the areas that I think that they could still at least try to be active. I mean, again, if an offensive tackle pops in there and they think he's a guy that can help them out, you go for him. You know, I think that that's what they need to continue to do. So those are some areas where I think that they should still at least be looking into and doing their due diligence as far as the transfer portal guys going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you too. And if you look at it last year, the transfer portal, all the guys that came in from last year were some of the best players on the team. So <laughs> trust the evaluations from Billy Napier and hopefully it'll turn into the best players on the team this year <laughs> as well, since we got 10 of them from the transfer portal. And of course, you know, you can only hope. Yeah, the, the, the you can only guys, hope the young guys coming in. Hopefully, some of these young wide receivers and all that can kind of kind of step up if they need to as well. So, Blake, man, big visitor weekend coming up here on January the twenty eighth. Tune into twenty four seven Sports to get those updates and coverage there as well. Uh, what do you guys got coming up for us on twenty four seven? Besides that, uh, you know, at this point, we're just kind of gearing up. You know, kind of resetting the roster, looking maybe some projections for you know what you should expect roster wise, depth chart wise for uh, for spring football. Just kind of you know making our best guess. Um, I'll spend my Saturday hanging out outside on campus like I do every Saturday, which is so much fun. I can't wait to do that. You know, so there's, like you said, a big visitor weekend there in Florida. Um, there's actually a seven on seven tournament there in Kissimmee that I'll be on Sunday at, you know, I will be able to make it on Saturday because I'll be in Gainesville. So um, for me, it's going to be a busy weekend of, you know, seven on seven and junior day coverage. And, you know, we're just getting ready for spring football. You know, it's going to probably die down a bit after National Signing Day there come February 1st. And then it's probably going to be pretty slow as everyone kind of waits for spring football to come up. Yeah, absolutely. And if you see my buddy Ben Chase down there, you know, say hey to him too, man. He's the uh, new director of NIL. As long as he can let me inside the facility, that'd be great. You know, last weekend it was freezing cold and raining, so that was not fun. You hear that, Ben? If you're listening, man, uh, hook Blake up, man. <laughs> if you see a sad person outside of the facility, it's just me. Don't call the cops. <laughs> uh, absolutely. All right, Blake, man, uh, you do a fantastic job over there at 24-7 Sports with Jacob Rudder and Graham Hall. And thank you for joining me on Getting Swamp, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. The NFL playoffs are here, and we're down to four, folks. The 49ers, Eagles, Bengals, and the Kansas City Chiefs. And if you want to be the Chief when it comes to playing fantasy, your boy David Soderquist has the steal of a deal for you when you join prizepicks.com today with promo code SWAMPED. Join prizepicks right now with promo code SWAMPED to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. PrizePix is simple, it's easy, you can choose from many sports like football, basketball, baseball, soccer, MMA, boxing, bowling, and even esports if you have that favorite Call of Duty or Warzone streamer chipping away at those headshots, if you know what I mean. PrizePix is rated 4.8 stars out of thousands of reviews, and they provide exceptional customer service, folks. So if you want to score big before the Super Bowl and not miss those extra points like the Cowboys, join PrizePix today with promo code SWAMPED and double your first deposit up to $100 today. PrizePix.com. Daily Fantasy Simplified. You're listening to Getting Swamped with David Soderquist. All right, Blake Alderman from 24-7 Sports breaking down the 10 transfers coming to the University of Florida, and hopefully we'll even have a better offensive line this season with the big-time offensive lineman coming here to the University of Florida. Some really good recruiting there. 
in the transfer portal. Of course, you missed out on some targets in high school, but really, really made up for it here uh, transfer-wise. So, yeah, man, I'm pretty pumped about the spring season. I know some of the transfers that we got may not be proven. Some of them are proven. Some of them were just highly ranked in high school, never got the shot at their other school. There's a different story for a lot of these transfers here. But, you know, when 20-plus kids leave the University of Florida to transfer, you got to bring other transfers in and let them compete. And I think we actually kind of upgraded on offensive line and a couple other spots there as well. But that's just my opinion. But we'll find out here in fall and spring practice and uh, spring portal period coming up here as well. So Florida really probably going to hit that spring portal period there. And a big weekend here, January the 28th, which is actually today, big recruiting weekend. And make sure you tune in to 24-7 Sports to get those recruiting updates as well. But folks, that'll do it for this episode of Getting Swamped, your latest in football statistics, special guests, and social media. Thank you for listening to Getting Swamped.